I'm excited to get to today's guest, but first I want to tell you about our sponsor, CTC Math. Our family uses and loves CTC Math. So if you're looking for a great online math curriculum, visit ctcmath.com to sign up for your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. I'm so glad you're with me today. We are playing some of our best of episodes because we are traveling right now and out on the road getting to meet many of you. It's so very exciting. So we hope that you will enjoy this episode. I'm sure it will bring you great encouragement. And also, if you are interested in supporting the ministry of Schoolhouse Rocked, go to schoolhouserocked.com and you'll see the Donate Here button. That's really a huge blessing to us to help support the travel and the ministry as we take Schoolhouse Rocked on the road. Now enjoy this best of episode of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. This week, we're excited to bring you another fantastic session we recorded live during the 2020 Homegrown Generation Family Expo. We were so honored to be joined by Kurt Cameron for this session called Lessons I Learned Within the Walls of My Home. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, depending on where you are in the world. I know we've got people watching all over the world right now, which is so exciting. And look who I'm here with, Kirk Cameron. <laughs> there you are. How are you, Kirk? I'm doing great. Good. So nice to see you. And I love that trailer that you guys made. Uh, homeschool moms are America's greatest heroes. Amen. 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 So it's so important and uh, love what you guys are doing. Thank you. Well, your wife is one of those homeschool moms who is a great hero, and I know a great hero to you as well, because she has helped to raise your six kids. That's right. And, That's and you, because you guys got married really young, like Garrett and I did. <laughs> raised me because I was so young when she married me. Um, so, uh, yes, we, uh, we have six children, three boys, three girls, and uh, it has been an exciting adventure not just raising them, but then uh, as they get older and you start thinking about what kind of educational opportunities you have, uh, we've tried all of it, uh, except public school. We, we, we've tried um, private school and homeschooling, and then we've gone back to private schooling, and we're up in the, up in the college years now. So it, it's been quite an adventure. Yeah, you're in the college years and you're in the father-in-law years now because your you're one son got married and now your daughter just got engaged, right? That's right. That's right. You've been watching Instagram, I yeah. think. Uh, so Jack is our oldest and he's now 23. He got married and he moved out of state and he's working at a, a great church in Texas. And my daughter, Isabella, on Christmas morning, uh, we I staged this family photo outside on the porch. And in the middle of the photograph, a certain song started to play over the outdoor speakers, which was her favorite song with her boyfriend. And we all walked away, leaving her alone on the steps. She said, what's going on? And then the door opens and out steps her boyfriend who gets down on one knee with a little box and asks her to marry him. Oh, how fun. That is awesome. Did you help him plan that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in on, on the whole setup. It was great. That's awesome. Okay, now yeah. I, ha I have to know, how, did he ask for your permission? And if so, how did yeah. that happen? <laughs> yeah, he saw the shotgun sitting up against the fireplace mantle. Nice. Of course. <laughs> he is, uh, what a great guy. So excited to have him as part of our family. And his whole family is part of our family. That's and awesome. he did. He he uh, very 
wisely and respectfully asked my wife and I for permission to ask her to marry him. And uh, we're so excited. He comes from a great, strong family of faith and um, really, really feel uh, honored that the Lord's answered our prayers in this way. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you and Chelsea, excuse me, you guys have done a great job of setting a really good foundation for your kids for marriage. And it's one of the things that I respect so much about you is that, you know, you you look at Hollywood and you look at marriages that just crumble all around us. And it's so, and not just Hollywood, I shouldn't say Hollywood, uh, pretty much everywhere you look, marriages and family are just crumbling around. And you have really taken the platform that God has blessed you with, and you are standing strong on family and on marriage and on parenting. And I love, love, love what God is doing through you. And a little bit later, I want to talk about Living Room Reset because Garrett and I had a chance to hang out with you last uh, last year during yeah. one of your Living Room Reset. Uh, I don't know, what do, you, what do you call it? It's not a retreat. Yeah. It's a... Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a date night yeah. uh, worship service slash marriage conference and parenting conference. Right, right. And it's awesome. Um, But yeah, 28 years you've been married. Garrett and I just celebrated 25 years last Tuesday. So I know, only by God's grace, I'm telling you, it is only by the grace of God that we made it even the first year. Especially married to a guy like Garrett. Right. (laughs) He's pretty awesome, though. You know know that Garrett's a a, a pal, if I can make jokes like that. I know. I know. I know you like him. He likes you very much too. Um, So this is kind of funny. You know how when you go to bed, well, at least when I go to bed and I'm often thinking about the next day and then, you know, what's going to happen the next day and stuff. And so I was thinking about, actually, it started back at dinner time. We started somehow singing the theme song to Growing Pains, which is so catchy and you can't get it out of your head. So now I apologize to everyone who's going to end up with that song in their head. Well, so I went to bed with it and I'm like, stop the song. Well, what was kind of funny about that is Monday, we did an interview with Andrew Poudoir. He was our first speaker. And during his interview, he was talking about smiling. And and like we had this whole conversation about the importance of smiling at our kids and just letting our kids know that we enjoy them and we love them and how much a smile can do. And then yesterday we were talking with Todd Wilson. I don't know if you know him, but he's the smiling homeschool dad. And um, he again, he was talking about smiling. You see where I'm going with this? (laughs) <laughs> I, I feel compelled to smile already. Right, just, right. The conversation. Yes. So we were talking about smile. And it was just kind of random that this whole smiling thing came up again. So then last night I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking about the song that's going through my head. And it starts out with showing that smile again. Right. And it's, so I looked up the lyrics because I was like, I want to actually know what, what the lyrics are. I mean, I kind of know it, but the theme song to Growing Pain says, show me that smile again. I won't sing it because I can't sing. That would be embarrassing. But it says, show me that smile again. Sure. Don't waste another minute on your crying. We're nowhere near the end. The best is ready to begin. As long as we've got each other, we've got the world spinning right right in our hands. As long as we keep on giving, so it is, we can take anything that comes our way, baby, rain or shine, all the time. We've got each other sharing the laughter and love. What a great song. Right? Huh, that I was know. a great it's such a good song and it's such a good song that relates even to homeschooling it relates to marriage it relates to family and that we're in this together show you know we we can do anything that comes our way we can do this if we're in it together and especially if the lord's in it with us 
So just for those of you who are watching, I want to let you know, feel free to pop in your questions. I know lots of you have questions probably for Kirk and you can ask anything. But what I would ask you to do, because there's so many comments that come up that aren't necessarily questions and keep your comments coming too. But if you have a question, if you could just write the word question in front of your question, that way we know we, that kind of signals us that it's a question and we're, we're trying to read these as they come through. So, and, and I'm sorry for those of you who are now singing the song, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, Anyway, I know marriage is something that you take really seriously, Kirk. And the first time I was really introduced to that with you is when you did the movie Fireproof. And yeah. I would love for you to kind of tell that story of the very end of the movie when you kiss your wife in the movie Fireproof. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a great little story. Um, you know, there, there was this scene, if you if, if y'all who are re, uh, listening to us, Remember the movie Fireproof. I think I just used the word y'all in a sentence. Because well, you're in Arkansas. I spent too much time in the South. <laughs> this, uh, this California guy is now saying y'all. If you remember that scene where uh, she, uh, his wife had given uh, him, given me the divorce papers, and he was trying to win back her heart through this love dare challenge that his dad had given him. And he bought a, a wheelchair and a hospital bed for her sick mother. And he was serving her uh, unconditionally for over a month now. And she realized something big had changed in his heart. And so she went back home and she put on the wedding ring that she had taken off a month earlier. Uh, she put on a pretty dress and went down to his fire station to, uh, in hopes of reconciling with him. And there was this beautiful romantic kiss uh, uh, at the end of that, that, that exchange. Well, originally that scene was not in the movie. And uh, I have... I have a conviction as a Christian that uh, I don't kiss other actresses uh, that, you know, I don't kiss other women that I'm not married to. And uh, I don't think I get extra points for that. I think that's just husband 101, uh, the promise that I made at the altar. But in my line of business, it, it usually, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of exceptions to that when you're playing make-believe. But uh, for me, I knew that that scene really needed a kiss uh, because they had just reconciled after all this time of almost getting divorced. I mean, uh, what were they going to do when when he said, you know, I love you, and she says, I love you too? What, were they going to give each other a great big high five? <laughs> uh, needed a kiss. And so I called my wife, who was in California. I was in Georgia. And I said, sweetie, uh, could you help me? Uh, there's no way this is going to work without you and I working together. And so she flew from California to Georgia. She uh, actually put on a wig that matched the actress's hair in the movie and wore the uh, a dress that matched her dress. And we shot the whole scene in a silhouette. So you can't tell when you're watching the movie, but when I'm kissing my wife in Fireproof, I'm actually kissing my wife, Chelsea, not the actress in the film. And uh, that was just an opportunity, not only to make the movie better, but more importantly for me to honor my marriage vows, to you know, um, live out what, I'm, what I say I believe with regard to marriage and to model some honor and integrity for my children first and foremost, but then also just to, uh, to, to others. So it was, it was, it was a win-win. Um, it turned out great. Movie was great. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't sacrifice important things in my marriage. Yeah. I, I love that. So your wife flew all the way from California to Georgia just to kiss you. Yeah, well, you, know, you know that's love. <laughs> well, well, now that leads me to my next question because I heard you tell this story during Living Room Reset and it is one of the funniest stories I've ever heard about your real first kiss with Chelsea on the set of Growing Pains. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, you heard about that. Well, That's funny. <laughs> you, you want me to share that story? I do. I do, because th- these people need to hear it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, well, the first time that I met Chelsea was on uh, was actually on the set of Full House, my sister's show, Candace. And uh, it was about a year later that I bumped into her again, and she was cast in the role of playing Mike Seaver's girlfriend. And we hit it off. We were friends and she was beautiful. And I found out she was a Christian. And so I was really excited about that and thought, wow, you know, maybe there's a possibility that, you know, if she's, if she doesn't have a boyfriend and, and then I was terrified when I read the script because uh, in the script, they had Mike Seaver's character kissing her in the scene. And I thought, oh no, this is awful. She's going to discover that I have the kissing abilities of a chicken. <laughs> and I, this is going to ruin my chances of furthering the relationship. And so every rehearsal day, I would just get to that point in the script and say, well, uh, then here's where Mike kisses Kate. And then uh, the next line is such and such. And I would just move on with the scene. And then on tape night, I knew I had to actually kiss her. So in order, uh, in hopes of making a joke and uh, uh, sort of throwing her off her, her, her off balance, I, I ran backstage to the medical kit and I, I found some Ambisol, which is this gum numbing gel that you use for a toothache. It's kind of like uh, liquid Novocaine. And I put it on my lips like, like Vaseline. <laughs> and I came out and I did the scene. I kissed her. And within seconds, I could tell it started to kick in. It was working. Her mouth was starting to tingle. Her lips were starting to freeze up. And then she tried to lick it off of her lips with her tongue, which made her tongue go numb. Pretty soon her whole mouth was frozen and I played the whole thing off really cool. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I should have warned you. This is the normal reaction women have when I kiss them. It's paralyzing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, know, I, I say, you know what? You guys think that's so corny, so cheesy, but guess what? It worked. It worked. We've been married 29 years that's and awesome. we've got six kids. I love that. I love that story. That's so much fun. Are you struggling with managing homeschooling your child on a day-to-day basis? BJU Press has a new homeschool planner that can simplify your homeschooling. With BJU Press Homeschool Hub, you can see your child's work for each day, track grades, and grade assignments all in one organized system. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub can make your experience more manageable and more enjoyable. You can have the resources you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the Hub can improve your homeschooling. Parents everywhere are waking up to the fact that God is calling them to teach their children His Word. BibleQuest gives you a plan and resources to do just that, using the incredibly effective classical model. Help your students memorize biblical information through games and scripture memory songs. Build their understanding with easy-to-use Bible discussions. Mentor them to wise doers and sharers of the Word. Biblical knowledge, understanding, and wisdom for a lifetime. Try four weeks free at BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D. That's BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D. Marriage is an important thing. And oftentimes in the homeschool community, homeschool parents really care about family, of course. Um, Most of the time they wouldn't be doing this homeschool gig if they didn't. And not that people who don't homeschool don't care about their family. Certainly they do. Um, But in homeschooling, oftentimes because we're with our kids all day long, we put all of our emphasis on our kids. And then dad sometimes can get kind of left in the dust. 
and forgotten. And because mom has put all of her energy, all of her effort, all of her being into taking care of her children, which is an important thing. I mean, that's an, there's no better job um, than being a mom and a wife. I personally, I believe I love my job as a mom and a wife, but sometimes even for myself, I find it difficult to find time for my marriage because I feel like my whole world is wrapped up in my kids and in my family and in homeschooling and taking care of my home, you know, grocery shopping and doctor's appointments and all of the things that life puts on us. So I would love to talk about the marriage relationship and how you and Chelsea have really worked because I know you're you're in an industry. I mean, you travel, you're traveling right now for Living Room Reset. And you said you've got 33 cities, right, that you're traveling yeah. through. Um, and that's a lot. So you're you're gone a lot and she's home, you know, being mom that most of your kids are, you know, grown-ish. Um, how do you and Chelsea work to foster your marriage relationship with the busyness of life? That's a great question. Uh, people ask that often. And I ask myself uh, often how, how well we're doing at that because I understand that marriage is the foundation of our family, right? I mean, that's the foundation that my wife and I are laying that our children are going to build on for the next 50 years. And often we, we, we can't help but pick up behaviors and attitudes and habits from our parents because we live with them for so long. I mean, that's the natural way of, of doing things. It's called discipleship. You know, you learn from your teachers, you learn from, from those that you spend time with. That's why it's important to pick your friends wisely. Uh, you don't get to pick your parents. So we need to make sure that we're great examples for our kids. So having said that, I, I had, uh, I'm so thankful for my parents and, uh, my dad was a school teacher, so he was home often. Uh, and so was my, my mom. Uh, she raised us kids at home so that he didn't travel very much. I have a job where I've always on the road here and there. But what I try to do is make sure that I, I minimize that much time at that time as much as possible. So I'm always looking for the last flight out and I'm looking for the first flight back to the point where Chelsea is going, honey, you're going to kill yourself. Just stay, stay the night, you know, go a day early, just relax so that you're not exhausted when you get there. So she, she understands that. And as for these 33 cities, uh, what I really like about what I'm doing is that if we can, you know, you know, it's crunch time right now and it's an intense travel time. But once I'm done with six weeks, I have the rest of the year uh, pretty much travel free unless it's something that we, we want to do or we can do together. So I understand that uh, the most important thing we have together is is is, is time. Um, and one of the things that I've had to learn is that while quality time alone is essential and we i think i highly recommend date nights uh setting aside scheduling time to be together because we can get so distracted and bombarded with a thousand things with the kids a thousand things with friends uh uh and then just you know hobbies and work and, and everything else where we're not alone together um most of our date nights honestly were you know, finding a quiet room in the house where I could just set up a nice table and some flowers and a candle and make dinner and, you know, uh, close the door, put a sign on it for the kids that said, unless, unless someone's bleeding, leave us alone. <laughs> and that was our romantic night out was, you know, uh, you know, in, in some quiet room of the house because that's important. However, uh, I'm, I'm getting back to my main point is that we found that if we could embrace everything that we do together 
whether it's cleaning the house, whether it's me being away at a conference, whether it's me working on a movie set, um, if we can see all of those things as things that we do as a team, even if we're not uh, physically in the same place, she's praying for me, I'm praying for her. Uh, when I have a chance, I join in and pitch in on the stuff that she's doing around the house. Um, I bring my kids with me if I'm going to be on a movie set or like right now, my daughter Anna is helping uh, as the, the ministry representative for this marriage and family tour. So we try to find that time together to work on our marriage in everything that we're doing, right? So that it's all sort of connected. And uh, otherwise, I could look at the time we actually get to spend physically alone uh, together, you know, traveling for a nice weekend or, or, or date nights or whatever and say, wow, uh, we're not getting to spend as much time as we really would like to. When, when in reality, if we view everything that we're doing as something that we can do together, then it, it, it paints a richer picture. And I think really that that's more realistic, at least it has been for us. I hope you've enjoyed part one of my conversation with Kurt Cameron. Be sure to join us again on Wednesday for part two. Also, we would love for you to support the Schoolhouse Rock to Ministry through both prayer and financial support. Learn more about how you can pray for us by signing up for our newsletter at schoolhouserocked.com, where you can also make a tax-deductible donation. Until next time, have a fantastic day. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.